It is Correct Opinions on Wrestling. I'm George. I'm Melissa. And tonight we're going to be reviewing AEW Dynamite from 4-7. Hey, I got the date for once. Mm. So, we open up, getting Get right to it. it. Inner Circle showing up in all their fancy cars. And they're color-coordinated, too. Everyone's wearing black. They got black vehicles. Lamborghini belongs to Shad Khan. Does it really? <laughs> probably, like the, the Ford, Mustang, whatever. But you don't know? No, but probably. Probably. I'm just saying shit. So, yeah, they show up. That's how we start the show. Now we get into our first match. We have Hangman versus Max Caster. And uh, he did a little music video on Dark. I don't know if y'all saw it. Hangman can't hangman. It was it was actually pretty good. It was. I wasn't mad at it. It was a song about how uh, a whole song and music video about how uh, Hangman nobody likes him. He used to have friends and now nobody likes him anymore. It's pretty good. Which is funny because the Dark Order actually does like him. Oh, what we're gonna look into the logic of his song? Hey, you know what? If you're gonna have a diss track about someone, at least make it make sense. That's that's my take. That's a great diss track. Uh, when I was younger and I wanted to get at somebody, I used to tell them nobody loved them. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, 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 God. But that isn't what siblings say to each other. This is, this is, this is who I chose to marry. Uh, <laughs> so, Max Caster comes out and he does another rap and it's good again. He's really good now. Really I wasn't sure out. about it at first, but, uh, it's pretty good. I still don't know why he kisses hands. Has that ever been explained? I don't think. I don't know. Doesn't matter. His 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 songs are good. Apparently, Hangman's number one contender. Good. And I'm ready for that to begin. And, and I'm a little confused because they tried to make it sound like, oh, if he, you know, if he won, if Max Caster won this match, he would become the number one contender, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me for a couple of reasons. The main one being it's Hangman, then Moxley, then Max. So really, how does that work? You don't just swap places. Well, I don't know how the ranking system actually works. It's like not a real sport. So the well, ranking system. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, if they're going to even bother to have the rankings, they should, you know, have it make sense. Does anyone even really pay attention to them? I guess. I'm sure there are some people. I'm glad they're really... there, but I don't really pay much attention to them. So, got a good match going. I just put down this was a really a good solid opener and was very physical. Ooh. Um, <laughs> at one point, okay, the ending was really good. Uh, Max's hype man throws his boombox in the ring, and as the ref is distracted getting it out, Max wraps a chain around his hand, punches Hangman. It was a good bit, right? It was all right. It was good. It was. It was all, yeah. I mean, are you was, on board for this? Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was a near fall, but really the ending was really good. Uh, we had a moonsault from Hangman to the hype man outside. He comes back in. He does a buckshot lariat, and uh, gets the win. And uh, yeah. I'm not sure about turning him into Stone Cold with the beers at the end there. That doesn't work. Number one and number I don't, two. I don't AEW already has it. Stone Cold. His name's John Moxley. I'm not a big fan of being this person is this person from the past. I, I don't know, like but come doing on. That. Like, when Moxley has those Stone Cold vibes where every time he's on screen, it's like, oh shit, he's on screen. He's got some of the vibes, yeah. 
that like anti-hero vibe. Yeah. But yeah, I just don't like all people always going like, "Oh, this is the new Stone Cold. This is the new Ric Flair." Yeah, but I mean, come on, page wisers, come on, man. None of that. All Not right. That, none of that. All right, moving on. Tony Schiavone brings out Death Triangle, and uh, just as they're about to talk, they get interrupted. Oh, wait, I forgot to say. They have a shot at the belt next week. <laughs> yes. That's, yeah. I didn't know when that was coming up, but yeah, their uh, shot at the tag belts they won is happening next week. And just as they're about to talk, they get interrupted. They're the best friends. Best com- friends come out. Complete with their brand new alien. And uh, they remind Death Triangle that last year before the pandemic hit, they had a, a little... Uh, What's the word? Well, scuffle. Yeah, they had like a program being built up, and Death Triangle was always beating on them. They just wanted to remind them that they haven't forgotten. Long term booking. Imagine that. Continuity. Yeah. And uh, Peck gets the mic and says that he can tell that they want, they see the writing on the wall that Death Triangle is going to be the new tag champs, and they want first dibs at a, a title shot. His accent really elevates, like, standard wrestling material. Yeah. I he mean, sounds it, really cool. Like, if that was coming out of the mouth of, you know, some fucking... Basically, anyone else, mm. it really wouldn't have worked. But, you know, that... It would have worked. It just wouldn't sound as cool. Yeah, well... And, um... Pac tells them to jog on. And, uh... Trent just wants to tell them that the boys are back in town. And they and, got an alien with them. They have an alien now, Chris Statlander. Factions. Yeah. I love it. So that was good. I was really excited about this because Death Triangle and Best Friends are like some of my favorite stuff going right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. So then we get to the Inner Circle's great return. Mm, the very hyped return of the Inner Circle. This was good, but also very odd um (laughs) i've honestly it felt like just interchanging at random ups and downs between a pretty great wrestling promo from jericho and open mic night at the improv where you get to have a roast where you're Mm. just trying to scorch the other comedians yeah i got the same vibe of like a stand-up comedian working on his material Number one, and this is my first complaint, Jericho comes out and, you know, basically acknowledges the fact that they're faces now. They're not heels anymore. And he apologizes. He starts by apologizing for what they've been doing. Yeah, remember when Stone Cold Steve Austin stopped being a heel and he was a face and the first thing he did was give a heartfelt apology to the fans. No, you don't remember that because it never fucking happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just... Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, boss. Yeah, it was a little weird. Hey, boss. I'm sorry, boss. Um, yeah, so he apologizes. He's like, we've hurt people and we're sorry. So that was already what a What is weird... this, fucking therapy? It was a weird way to start off. Is this a 12-step program and Jericho's getting to his fourth step? Is that the fourth step? Making the inventory? Oh, Okay. And then 
God. The next thing I thought that was kind of weird is he keeps calling MJF my jerk-off friend. Come on. Which, it made me cringe every time he said it, because it sounds like he's talking about his friend that jerks him off. No, but... My jerk-off friend. And I get Jericho gets, you know, kind of a blank check to do whatever he wants. But nobody along the fucking line was like, okay. That doesn't sound right. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't sound right, bud. It sounds like you're talking about your friend who either jerks you off or who you jerk off with in yeah. tandem. <laughs> I, just a weird thing to say. And he said it like 10 times. So I don't know if MJF is his sworn enemy or someone he catches a kiz with. <laughs> but uh, it's up to interpretation, I guess. And then Jericho talks about how he was fooled by MJF because he's stupid. So not only does he come out here, apologize, say the weird jerk-off thing, but then also is telling everyone how fucking stupid he is. I just have this stupid boy <laughs> jerking me off, and it's great, and I hate him. <laughs> Okay, that's weird. Yeah, it is weird. And then he proceeds to say that he kept MJF around because he wanted to keep him under his thumb. And then he said that MJF steals all his gimmicks. And then he talks about how every time MJF did anything out in the ring, he would go back to check and see what the internet had to say about it. Saying he's a mark for himself. I believe that. Yeah, but I feel like that's a hard thing to burn people for because doesn't everybody do that? Not Cody. He knows he's great. Not Moxley. Moxley, oh, no. Moxley, Moxley doesn't, doesn't go on the shit. internet. But most people. And then, yeah, then we get into our real, like, stand-up comedy bit where he goes through each member of Pinnacle. Chris Jericho at this point, so it's kind of a sandwich. You have a pretty decent but oddly sexual promo at the beginning. <laughs> a pretty decent promo at the end. And in the middle, Jericho just transforms like an Autobot into the fucking Don Rickles. Yeah. I mean, okay, should we go through what he says about everyone? I mean... Tolly is third string guy in the Four Horsemen. Oh, okay, he says about Wardlow that he has to take off his clothes to count to 21. And that sounds like a fucking hillbilly joke. I've heard before. <laughs> and, and, and he fucks up the line. He says Wardlow's got a 13 cent body and a million dollar brain when it was clearly supposed to be the other way around. I was like, when he said it, I was trying to think, is it the joke that he said it incorrectly? But I don't think it was. No, there was no, there, this isn't an onion. There weren't layers here. Oh, but then he says about FTR. That he can't tell them apart. He doesn't doesn't know which one's which. I think that's hilarious because I thought that was only me. That's Every time I go to talk to him, I'm like, I'm like, is it Dax? Is it Cash? So I'm amused by that because I can relate to what he's saying there. But then he goes in on poor fucking Sean Spears. Uh, God damn. Everything he said about Sean Spears is true. And leave him. Everyone leave Sean Spears alone. Sean Spears is... Leave the boy alone. Terrible. No, he is not his, fucking terrible. His best, his best gimmick to date was when he hit Cody with a fucking steel chair. They should have expanded on that. They just, like, fucking dropped that. He's just a guy. He's a good wrestler, but he's just a guy. Even, oh. Even in the inner circle, he's just a guy. I know. That's pretty much what Jericho said. I just... No, I agree with that. Not the inner circle, the pinnacle. See, I can't even keep track which stable Sean Fuck. Spears is fucking I in. I didn't even notice. See, either. you didn't even notice. It's like, oh yeah, Sean Spears is in that. Leave Sean Spears alone, everyone. 
Leave his ass alone. He's doing shit. Leave him alone. He's doing shit. No! (laughs) So, basically, this all leads up to Jericho saying, Pinnacle versus Inner Circle at Blood and Guts on May 5th. is a mark for himself. He's going to change it to, he's a max for himself. I already said that. Did you? I didn't say the max part because I didn't think it was funny. Well, that's... (laughs) But I said the mark thing. That was a recap. Yeah, well, I already said it. Moving on. So, May 5th is Blood and Guts. That's how I'm going to be celebrating Cinco de Mayo. Mm-hmm. With some blood and guts. I really hope it's a Cinco de Mayo themed. I hope so. And I hope they actually do the theme instead of when they do, like, what's the one where it's just fucking surfboards? Beach Break? Yeah. Is it Beach Break? Some, yeah, I think. No, that's like... We're Bash at the Beach. Bash at the Beach. Yeah, where it's like there's just a couple surfboards sitting out there. Yeah. If you're going to do Cinco de Mayo, you better fucking do it. I don't even know if they are. They, and I really don't even know what blood and guts really is. I think it's basically war games, mm. but, you know, it'll be entertaining. Well, I'm excited to see it. So, Jericho says the inner circle is going to shove their ass, their heads up each other's asses, <laughs> making a human centipede with MJF in the back. I wasn't mad at that line. No, that was great. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say about it? No, I just I want to see blood okay. and guts. Overall, am I mad at it? No. Was it weird? Yeah. A little bit. It was good, and it, my take is it was good, but it went on probably three minutes too much. If Jericho was going to work on some new stuff, he should have done it. He's it. Do some editing. Yeah, he should have done <laughs> it improv. Down. Yeah. So, yeah. Then we get a thing <laughs> where Christian Cage is giving a little generic I'm back baby promo. And Taz comes in and offers him a slot on Team Taz. And he doesn't want an answer now. He wants him to think on it. Think on it. So that's a little thread being planted. And then, oh my god, next we have a Godzilla versus Kong match. And when they announced this last week, I was I thought they were gonna have fun with it. I was like, oh like you were like, I hope there's like blow up kaiju around the ring. Yes. I thought there's gonna be like props and it was gonna be fun. No, this is just a fucking match. It starts out with a weird trailer for the movie with, like, Jurassic Express and Bear Country. How do I explain? It was was edited. It was a weird edit. A weird intercut trailer of the wrestlers and the movie. And then during the picture-in-picture, they played the trailer. I guess that makes this a themed match. Yeah. See, oh, I should say this is Jurassic Express versus Bear Country, if you don't know. And Excalibur had a line that was hilarious to me. He said this was delicious corporate synergy. That summed it up. That's uh, all this was. I don't know if it was delicious. I'll tell you I what, think he meant that ironically. <laughs> I'll tell you what was delicious corporate synergy. The Cracker Barrel Bash. Yeah, you know what? They actually had a fucking Cracker Barrel in there. And the match was good, and it was glorious, and it was innovative, and it was oh, just... Oh, I don't a... know if it was innovative. Maybe not innovative, but You're it was... You're going too hard. It was just a delight to watch. This was not a delight to watch. This was just it a was match. Fuck. What was this? Like, I understand you need to make money, but good God. Fuck. I don't... At least have fun with it next time. Anyway, Jurassic Express wins. I mean, because of course they did. But then we get to something kind of interesting. We get a promo from QT, and he's at the Nightmare Family Training Gym 
thing. Yeah. I don't know what the hell you call it. But wrestling school. And he pulls a promo. And it's actually very good. And I feel like this is a good lesson to QT to do his promos pre-recorded. Right. Because he was so nervous when he did it live. And I felt bad for him. But pre-recorded, I feel like this was good. And uh, he has uh, the Aaron Solo guy and Camarado and Anthony Agogo there with him. Because that's his little faction. And, uh, yeah, it was solid. He's just burning Cody. Again, this is this is kind of like, you know, you, it, you see people talk about, like, the Avengers. It's like Thanos had a point. Thanos did nothing wrong. I feel that way about this. QT <laughs> did nothing wrong. Is QT supposed to be the bad guy? Yeah, I, I think they think he is, but he's not. He, you know... He's given that arrogant son of a bitch his comeuppance. I'm trying to think of the good lines he had. There was one that was like talking about Cody at WWE, said he was playing second fiddle to Ted Jr. Oh and shit! And fucking he had to wear face paint because he knew he's a nothing, even though he was Dusty's kid. He wasn't was like, going to amount to shit. God damn! He fucking tore into him. But then he went on the Indies and surrounded himself with quote vanilla midgets. Which, that's kind of shocking. Um, I don't appreciate hearing that word. No. But I thought that fucking word was done. Yeah. That's a, that's like such an old-timey word to me. Like, who uses that like word anymore? Like, Who uses that word anymore? I don't know. I didn't like that. Uh, but whatever. It is what it is. Yeah, and then he says, Aaron Solo won't be just someone's boyfriend. Because he dated Bailey. And Camarado won't be known as just a body man. Oh, wait, really? I didn't know that. What'd you think that meant? He wouldn't be known as just someone's boyfriend. I don't know. I thought he was just getting cute with the fact that they call QT Cody's friend. No, they said he won't be known as just someone's boyfriend because he was dating Bailey. Oh, I didn't know that. And then uh, he goes to a go-go. And a go-go does a little promo. And uh, he's got a really great English accent. Uh, he sounds like a Bond villain. This guy belongs in a Guy Ritchie movie. <laughs> he does. Oh my god, that's it. He's not a Bond villain. He's a Guy Ritchie fucking character. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm excited to see if he's actually good in the ring because I could see him being a star. I'm kind of excited about him. Was there anything else in this? No, just a just a really good. Formation oh. of a faction promo that again leaves me wondering how are these the bad guys? Yeah, and then QT says that the Nightmare Factory is his fucking factory, his fucking something, and then Camarada throws blue paint over the the Nightmare family logo. Misses the logo. Close enough. It's close enough. Good enough. We get it. We get the gist. Logo got a little splash damage, but that was about it. But I thought this was pretty good, and I'm like, uh yeah, these are the good guys. Here we go. He's the good guys. <laughs> so then, uh, unless you have more to add about that. No, I think I'm done. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this because, I don't know, when it happened, I was like, oh, God, great, another I was thing. like, who gives a shit? No, I give a shit. I kind of give a shit now. Just, I, honestly, I just want to see Cody get burned more. Yes. Can I just have more QT promos where he's burning Cody? Because that's hilarious. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Wait, are we moving on? Let's move on. Let's move on. Another weird thing. 
I feel like there was, there was quite a few strange things on the show. There was. You want to go ahead? So so Sting is being interviewed by old Tony mm-hmm. on Shivani. the stage. Um, and who should interrupt? Lance well, Archer well, bef- and Jake the Snake. Before Sting even gets to say anything. So it's that thing again where every single time Sting's going to be interviewed, he gets interrupted by someone. And can I just say one of the things that I really like about um, Jake is that he just looks like he rolled out of bed and came to the arena. And he's so pleased with himself whenever, I mean... He's even, living his best life. Even for the most pedestrian insults. Like, man, when he called Darby Allen a little gerbil, he was like, yeah, yeah, he looks like a gerbil. <laughs> he was very pleased with that joke. It's like, you know what, I, I appreciate and that. As, a, as an unfunny man who makes <laughs> jokes all the time that you shit on... Both on the radio and in our private life. Mm. I just want to say, I appreciate that. I appreciate seeing me represented. Mm. So, Jake the Snake comes out, (laughs) and he's talking about how he's insane. And Lance Archer barges out, saying he's... A sick son of a bitch. He's a sick son of a bitch. And he's saying to Sting, this is my time. You're going to give me attention because I get pushed to the top and then I disappear. And the whole time, Sting is like mouthing silently like okay okay great he grabs the mic out of lance's hand and is like yeah i agree with you he oh, it was weird though because like he kept saying to jake help him help him jake help him would you just help the boy <laughs> which is kind of weird but yeah sting says yeah i agree with you and uh it felt like Lance was going to trade in his Drake the Snake Daddy for a new Sting Daddy. Daddy fight. Lance didn't know what to think of this. He was like, I got to go in the back and just think about what just happened. He completely fangirled out. <laughs> he did. As soon as Sting said, I agree with you. He was like, oh, okay. Like, like yeah. I, I mean, of all the places I thought this was going to go, I thought it was going to be a beatdown, you know, mm. the typical. To have Lance just be like, oh, great. And, and just lose his mind and euphoria and go to the back. Like, that that's unexpected. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot to mention, this whole time, Scorpio and Ethan Page are up in the fucking high seats watching. Making goofy fucking faces. They're, like, laughing and, like, gesticulating. I don't know what they're saying or what they're trying to... I don't know what they're doing. They're just, like, laughing at the whole situation, I guess. So I don't know what's up with that. Even having them on my TV doing that was too much. I don't care about them. No. Terrible. I mean... The dud. In the future, I could care. Right now, I don't care. AEW is very good at getting you to care about things that you groaned when it first started. But I'm still going to groan. Groan away. Ugh. Ew. I don't have a sound effect on our board, so <laughs> I guess I'll have to get that for next week. Get the one of Homer. <laughs> yes. yes. When he's told to use alley balls. Alley oh, balls. alley balls. So next we get Team Taz in the back. They're all hanging out in a row, as you do when you hang out with people. You stand in a row. Oh, yeah. Facing the same way. And uh, he wants Cage to say something. Ricky Starks interrupts. And then Taz is like, no, stop instigating fights. It was like a two-minute promo. Yeah, he was like, we're trying to get Christian in here. 
So we got to look like a good team. <laughs> I don't remember it the exact weird. words. But pretty much like stop acting like an asshole, Ricky, because we're trying to get Christian in. And that was a quick transitional thing to get to the Darby Allen match, but it was still just like, what was the point of putting that there? They already had the team. Just to guess the further that they're fighting. Okay. Well, I don't know. I'm just giving you an answer. I guess it didn't kill me. Did it kill you? Oh, Did it kill you to watch it? Yes. <laughs> anyway, make it to our next I'm match. Dead. We have the TNT Championship match: Darby versus JD Drake, who got no entrance. Nope. I was like, damn. This is the kind of thing that annoys me because I feel like when I watch a show, I see a lot of shit they could edit out, and then when I see like someone not get their entrance because they didn't edit down other shit, I'm annoyed by that. And normally, I feel like. That's kind of like, okay, you know what, if, if it's, you know, that thing where it's like, oh, so-and-so, inaction. Like, you mm. already know what the score is. You already know, okay, it's a squash match, whatever. I still don't like it, but it makes but sense. for a championship match. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. This is for the belt. He gets a chance at a championship, and he doesn't get an entrance? So, if he does what? foreseeably win the title, he won without an entrance. That doesn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah, I I don't appreciate it. There was other shit. Maybe instead of, like, fucking having the inner circle stand out there for fucking three minutes so people can sing the fucking chorus of his song. Even that. Let's just cut that the fuck out. If, if Chris Jericho just spent 50% less time rubbing on Mike Tyson. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that later. J.D. Drake could have gotten an entrance. I mean, I mean, right? The more I think about this, the more angry I'm getting about it. It's a championship match. And he had no entrance. That's a real fuck you, isn't it? Yeah. The match was alright. Darby's got Sting out there. J.D. Drake has his wingmen out there. Ryan Nemeth and Cesar Bononi. And, like, they had a little thing. I don't remember if it was LH or Dark, but they had a little promo, like, getting to know him kind of backstage thing. Mm -hmm. I remember being slightly amused by it. I don't remember what happened, but I, thought, I remember thinking, "All right, so they're like, they're like wingmen." Yeah, I think Ryan Nemeth said he was going to get JD Drake a tan or something. Nope, something like that. But I wasn't, I wasn't bothered by it. Just don't get it from Matt Jackson. <laughs> the boy was crying tanning lotion. Whoever is like supplying the tanning supplies to these people, like. Let's get some better quality tanning, rub on tanner. Tanning talent. So, yeah, this is a match. Yeah. Sting has to chase, there's a lot of, like, fuckery from the wingmen, so Sting has to, like, get involved, because you gotta get your dad involved. Fucking helicopter parent Sting. <laughs> yes, uh, Dar Coming to his son's games. Darby wins with a coffin drop, and I wrote down that this match was bowling shoe ugly. Mm-hmm. But mm -hmm. I feel like it was pretty good i feel like jd drake like felt like oh i gotta like make an impact he here did. he tried and i i thought it was good and but i thought like there was real urgency i thought it was better I, like I, think of, I felt like the match had an urgency to it like he was like i gotta prove myself i thought it was better than scorpio sky match it was more entertaining oh shit it was that's not popular Oopsies. apparently some people really like the scorpio sky match but I thought it was boring. People must be seeing something I'm not seeing. I'm Drake just not was, interested. Drake was decent in this, so I was happy with it. Yeah. Then the Hardy family office comes out. <laughs> I 
<laughs> you said the office part. Hardy Family Office. That's a funny name. Then the Dark Order comes out to make the save. Yeah, and um. Bunny is over at the announce table. She's trying to clear the announce table, I guess, because she thought her group was gonna put Darby through it. But by the time she turns around, her group had run off without her, leaving her behind, while Sting and the whole Dark Order standing there waiting to attack. Ty Conti beats her down. I have a proposal. What? Did you hear Bunny shrieking? Yeah, that's like her thing. I have a proposal. Put Nyla Rose in the Hardy family office. Team her with Butcher and Blade. And keep her screaming gimmick with Vicky Guerrero. Oh, God. And keep it on dark where I won't have to see or hear her ever again. I feel like you get that gimmick with some people sometimes where it's like their whole thing is they screech. It just doesn't work. I mean, it's unpleasant. I mean, but she's a bad guy. She's supposed to be unpleasant, so I guess that works. Yeah. But she doesn't really have a personality. She doesn't have a... Oh. I don't know. It's like... Mm. It, it just seems like... Oh, oh, I feel like that's too mean. Is it? Just say someone doesn't have a personality. Anyway. That doesn't even make sense. What are sure. you questioning? Sure it does. That doesn't even make sense. I question the accuracy of your statement. Bunny sucks. Moving on. Oh, I'm not. I'm not ready to say that yet. I'm not. I'm not ready to go there. Well, I'm gonna need you to get ready. <laughs> no. So then we have a bit where Morvez is with Jericho. Wait, first there's a little recap of the Bullet Cub. The Bullet Cub. The Bullet Cub. Oh, <laughs> that's a that's a T-shirt. Put that on a T-shirt. No, a stuffed animal. Oh. The Bullet Cub. Okay. Anywho. Howard Tony, if you do a thing with Bill the Bear, I want to cut. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, there's a recap of like what's been going on with the Bullet Club. All the drama. All the drama. And then we get more of Jericho. Yes. And as he's talking, he gets attacked by Pinnacle. They pull him out to the ring. They're like choking him and shit. And uh Inner Circle can't save him because they're locked inside the room. So they literally have to hack their way through the door. Took them way too long to fucking do it. And J.D. Drake didn't get an entrance. <laughs> but they hacked at this door. But that's okay because while they're trying to get out, Mike Tyson comes out to make the save. <sighs> Mike Tyson. Yeah, he comes out. He attacks Spears. Sean Spears, and then Inner Circle gets out there, and they're all hugging each other and rubbing and touching. It's very weird. <laughs> very, very weird. Um, it, it was just odd. I mean, is there something wrong with us that, like, my mind, like, no. weirdly sexualizes, like, men rubbing on each other that much? We watch professional wrestling every week. We, we, we don't have any issue with that. You know, sexualizing that. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah the whole yeah, thing yeah. is men on rubbing on each other. <laughs> but this was odd. Like, I don't know if it was partially the faces Jericho was making. Like, oh, yeah. He was, like, hanging on. No, don't press that button. What? He was hanging on to Tyson and, like, rubbing on him. And Every time Jericho got on Mike Tyson, it was like. You better fall, see, boss. I, I mean, wasn't it? 
Why did you have to do that? Because I was amused. And, and, no, and I, I'm not. No one else will be. Sure they will. Don't ever push that again. Why? Don't fucking push that. Well, now it's going to be a regular segment. Don't. So get ready. So, yeah. So that's what the whole Tyson thing they were promoting was. Tyson coming out, pulling his shirt off, doing some weird fucking Shane McMahon punches on Sean Those Spears. Were bad punches. He, he's, I mean, he's good at real punching. He's not good at fake punching. But he couldn't make a, a punch look better than that? Maybe not. And then, the, yeah, and then they're just like, just like rubbing on each other. Like, oh, thank you, thank you. Let me rub you and put my mouth real close to your ear and make strange faces. <laughs> oh, God, I can't help but shit on this. I can't help it. But here's one more reason I'm going to shit on it. You gave me a perfect, uh, perfect uh, way into this. AEW really likes to position itself as the wrestling company that cares. They've done that since day one. Um, hell, two weeks ago, I think it was, old Brandy Rose, little Brand Brand. Brandy Rose. <laughs> Brandy Rhodes, not on TV, but she's going to still be on TV. She has this, you know, little commercial during the break about how, you know, she's worried about the pay gap and she's going to, by God, she's going to help to fix it. Um, I don't know if that's contingent on you sending her your $50 a Just year. Just get to the point. But, you know, AEW champion of women. And who do they book but Mike fucking Tyson? I and I'm not going to say... go into details. Okay, if you're not, I was going to give a trigger warning. Yeah, I'm not getting into details about, you know, what he did. That's pretty easy to do a Google. But how the fuck are you going to act like, you know... You care about social justice, or you're the you're the wrestling company that cares, or Brandy Rhodes, champion for women, but you're not going to have anything to say about booking Mike fucking Tyson. Come on! And I get oh. that they need the ratings pop, but there was no one else they could have booked. That's a no one else that could have foreseeably gotten a pop, but Mike Tyson. I mean, this is like a fucking. Here's an idea. Get someone who who doesn't have to register their address for life. Oh. Put them on your show. I mean, this, this is like a whole discussion because, like, I mean, it's fucked. I mean, he did do his time in prison, but I feel like it's interesting who gets forgiven for things and who doesn't. And, yeah, I just think it's just funny. Like, I have a message for everyone. No company cares about you. Exactly. If I mean, they care about things until they need to make some money. No company in the fucking world cares about you. Everything they do isn't about being woke. It isn't about, you know, being with the people. No. Everything is about marketing and what's going to fucking turn a buck. And that's fine. But if your marketing is going to be about how woke you are, at least in part... I don't remember them ever saying how woke they are, but it's... they really, they really, I mean, let's talk about the heels thing. You're going to have this whole community where you pretend like, oh, we're doing this because we care about our female fans. Yeah, Brandy's like, oh, as a woman, I want my voice to be heard. Well, no shit. <laughs> Again, 
Put someone on the TV that can pop ratings but doesn't have to register their fucking address for life. That's all I'm going to say. I just mean, like, fucking... He... Nobody cares. I mean, he was in the fucking hangover. Who cares what he did? <laughs> I don't know. I don't... don't I, I feel like let's just leave it at that because I feel like this... This is a, a big conversation. I mean... Jo I feel like we made our point. Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan is banned for life from the wrestling business, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But you put Mike Tyson on national fucking television for your wrestling promotion. Tony Khan wouldn't let his people work a show, an indie show, because Joey Ryan was going to be on the card. But now he's booking fucking mm. Mike Tyson on TV. Fuck that shit. And now, my time for ranting has expired. I yield my time. God, it, the hypocrisy of everything is so fucking hilarious. Uh, anywho, moving the fuck on from that. Let's get to the doctor. The doctor. A real role model. Britt Baker. Seriously. Talking to Tony Schiavone. She's a dentist, don't you know? What? God. Noni? <laughs> so... She's talking to Shivani and is talking about the rankings and how the rankings are stupid and they need to be fixed because they shouldn't be based on wins. They should be based on star power and merch sales. And she's talking about how she's going to be on Elevation and Dark getting her wins up. And that's, yeah. It's good. It's great. Oh, if you didn't, I think it was Elevation. Britt Baker on Elevation this week was great. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. She does a promo... Talking about mocking Thunder Rosa, saying she's there to elevate the women's division. And uh, she has a match with Alex Gracia, who, by the way, has the best outfit in wrestling, if you haven't seen it. Just go watch Elevation. It's pretty good. Watch the Britt Baker segment, because it's hilarious. She is such an amazing fucking bad guy. She is. <laughs> she's so good at it. It's so funny that she ever... They ever tried to push her as a good guy. They were going to push her as the face of the division. The good guy, squeaky clean, like a like a freshly polished tooth. God, what a... Face of the division. What a waste of time that was. This... Britt Baker was meant to be a heel. Absolutely. And she's fucking great at it. So, you want to get to the next bit? Then there's uh, Bunny versus Ty Conti. Yeah, Bunny has the whole fucking Hardy family out there. Ty has all of the Dark Order and Sheeta, which is interesting because Ty is the number one contender for Sheeta's belt. But Sheeta's out there with her. We get some fuckery, interference. It was pretty much the same match as last. Last week was a tag team, but it was pretty much just like Ty and Bunny and like the Hardy family and the Dark Order brawling. This was pretty much the same exact thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. And I know this was, like, the only women's match on the card. So maybe you should have replaced it with something else. Because you know what? You didn't need this match. You Again, they had that match previously. Mm. And they accomplished everything this match did in, like, a minute during the beatdown segment. We didn't need this match. Yeah, maybe really Shia didn't. could have come out and run in and helped. And that could have been her position if you needed to get her on TV. But this match was just repetitive. And also, I want to say something about... I feel like, actually now, like, I don't I don't watch WWE, but I, I follow what's going on. 
I feel like currently AEW, not like I'm not saying that WWE doesn't have really amazing women's talent, but how it's booked, AEW has the better women's division right now. And I would like to see someone try to fight me on that. But can we move away from there being just one token women's match? I'm not saying we need to fucking force matches in if they don't make sense. But you're telling me you couldn't have cut something else from the show and put another women's match on? Nope. You're talking about, like, every week you get you get your one women's match. Every single week. One women's match. I saw a video about this. I'm sick of it being a token thing. I saw a video about this, and the rate, and it wasn't specifically about this week's Dynamite, because I know we don't check out other people's takes until we do our thing. Mm-hmm. But um, Brian Alvarez was mm. saying was doing a, a breakdown of like the these ratings and these rankings and all the demos and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. by quarter segments. Apparently and and he knew he's going to get heat. He said, you know, come at me if you want, but he's just a messenger. Mm-hmm. People, including women, would rather watch men wrestle than women. It's not the draw well, that the men are. Here's my problem with that. I don't know if that's like a direct thing or if that's a fucking correlation because the thing is you give women so little time on dynamite how are you ever going to build them up to be stars that's this is what i was talking about before where it's like you don't let them do that much you don't show them that much and then when they're not stars you go oh well people don't want to watch you well no shit like you don't put them on the show i think that's fair I, that's what's so annoying to me, because you can look at that and go, oh, the women's bits don't get high ratings. Well, like, there's been, like, very little build-up. You don't know who the people are. You only put them on Elevation and Dark, and how many people are actually watching that? Do you know the people on Dark? Fuck no. I mean... I guess if you put a gun to my fucking head, I could name a few, but... I mean, if you really think about it, people, think about it. You give women, like, what, five minutes a fucking week... And then go, oh, you're not popping the ratings? Tell me that's not a stupid take. I'll tell you how you change that's this. That's a fucking stupid take. I'll tell you how you change this. Hmm. You get Maki Ito, you strap the rocket to her. She's a draw, brother. But really, they have people now who could be draws. You're telling me Britt Baker's not a draw? You're telling me Ty Conti couldn't be a draw? Oh, she is and she will be. Um. Remember the matches with Riho and Nyla? You're telling me those weren't fucking amazing? I just feel like uh, you can't give people five minutes. I feel like if you had a show, like let's pretend for a second that wrestling had always been like a women's thing. Mm-hmm. And then you have a show and you put the men on there wrestling for five minutes a week and then go, oh, we can't do any more because they're not popping the ratings. Right. Does that make any sense? Not especially, no. I just don't feel like that's a direct... Like, like you can't just look at those numbers and draw that. It's not a simple conclusion to draw. you got to, like, fucking look at it. Right. I would like someone to try and fucking dispute that with me. Well. You can't make people stars if they don't have any fucking airtime. The end. <laughs> that's the end of my rant. Everyone gets a rant. The women's division will never get to be... Like, a high-rating popper because you don't put any time into building it. The end. Hit it again. Okay, let's move on. 
we have our final match of the night, the main event. We've got Kenny and the Good Brothers versus the Young Bucks and Moxley. Couple of things. You can talk about the entrances. Kenny comes out mm -hmm. with the Good Brothers, doesn't get his own music, and he mm -hmm. comes out first. Mm -hmm. Then the Young Bucks come out without Moxley. Moxley gets his own music, looks like a million fucking bucks, looks like a trash man, but in a good way, mm. still feels like the fucking champ. John Mo as far as I'm concerned, John Moxley still is the champ. How can you have him coming out last to his own music if he's not the champ? Why is Kenny not coming out last to his music? It was, it, it's some odd choices there. I mean, is he is he last just because he doesn't come in... Because he comes in from the side, so he has to go last? Why didn't Moxley come out with the Young Bucks? Why does Moxley get his own music? Someone explain this to I'm me. I'm not mad about Who's it. Who's the champ here? But it doesn't make a lot of sense. I, well, he's the champ of our hearts. Definitely. It's Oh, that's so sad because I do love Kenny. But, like, the way this... When you do things like this, you make Moxley feel like the champion. It's like the Kim Jong-il thing in, in North Korea. Like, even though he dies, even though he loses the belt, he's the forever dear champion of our hearts in AEW. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was weird to me. This um, was a good match. It was a good this, match. This was a great New Japan style level match. It's a it was a very match. New Japan because they're all New Japan people and it exactly. just had that feel to it. More of this. So, at one point we have Matt beating on Kenny and it looks like Matt's gonna win. And he's about to hit the super kick to fucking end Kenny and get the pin. But he it, can't do it. He hesitates. Oh, he can't kick the boy. And what's Kenny do? He gets up and slaps him. And uh, Moxley's obviously getting pissed because he wants to win the match, obviously. He's mad that they hesitated on the BTE trigger. Oh, yeah, because they're going to do the BTE trigger to him then. They hesitate to do it. Moxley's pissed. So he goes in, he hits two paradigm shifts. Goes for a third finisher spam. After choking him. And what do they do? What do the fucking young bucks do? Just when I think that they're breaking off and doing their own thing and they stop being simps. What happens? They kick Moxley. Mm. They fucking turn on Moxley. Mm. 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 Fucking Kingston comes out to help his friend. Oh. He gets stomped out by the oh. Kiz brothers. They hit a magic killer on him. And then everyone's beating on Moxley. And they put they just pull Kenny's fucking dead body over on Moxley for the pin. And yeah. That's how it goes. And at the end they want the young bucks to attack Mox or like take a bump, brother. <laughs> fucking prove your loyalty. So they super kick Mox again. And Okay, I guess I'm supposed to be happy that the Bullet Club is, like, together. But, um, I just feel like, I feel like for once the Young Bucks were gonna do their own thing. Because I feel like in every single what's program they have, they're always, like, being conned by people. They're being made to look stupid. They're followers. They're simps for Kenny. <laughs> and just when I thought they were breaking off and they were gonna, like, fucking do something 
the, they're right back with Kenny again. Am well, I crazy for thinking this? Am I, am I the only person who thinks this? You're not crazy for thinking it, but now, now Kenny's got his little army, mm-hmm. which means Hangman's gonna need a posse. Oh, I really hope this is building up to like Hangman doing something. I think it is because they've been talking about how Hangman's up for the belt, and on YouTube they have little like video things of Hangman. They're making sure you know about Hangman. He's been getting a bunch of wins on Dark and Elevation, and yeah, I, I feel like the Hangman thing's coming. God, let's hope so. But, anyway. Yeah, and then the Bullet Club all hugs at the end, and they all have lemonade. The end. The group is back together, and I don't know. I mean, I'll see how it pans out, but right now I just feel like, I just thought the Young Bucks were about to be cool I thought they were going to be cool, and I just feel like they're not cool now. They're just, like, falling along. I don't know. Does anyone else feel this way? Am I crazy? Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. Maybe I'm not even here, and you're talking to yourself. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, so that was a show. That was a show. That was a show. Oh, should we talk about how we're... Oh, let's... Oh, let's do the studs and duds. All right. Stud of the night was who? Who mm. was the stud? Who was the stud? Fuck. I'm going to say Chris Jericho. Ew, are you sure? Yeah, that. I mean, that was a good promo. God. It was a little weird in places, but I wasn't not entertained, and it really finished strong. I guess I'll go along with that. But I'm not happy. You know what? I'm going to go with Hangman. Okay. He looked great in this. Hangman's my stud of the night. My dud of the night? Oh, boy. Who's the dud? Who is the dud? I'm going to go with everyone involved in the Gorilla Kong match. Mm. I'm going to go with whoever's bright fucking idea it was to book Mike Tyson. Mm. So. Fair enough. So that was studs and duds. Should we talk about the show we're going to do on Mondays? All right, if you want to promise to people something. Ah, shit. Well, I feel pretty strongly that we're actually going to do this. On Mondays, we're going to do the Monday Wrestle Rant, where we just talk about, you know, some wrestling news, what's going on in wrestling across you know, multiple promotions. It's all bitching, no recap. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All bitching. And then we'll, like, preview what's coming up that Wednesday on the show and how we feel about it. But mainly it's just bitching. Yes. So if you enjoy people bitching. And if you don't, you're not fucking listening to this. <laughs> For real. Yep, that'll be the Monday Wrestle Rant, and I think that's the show. Let's fucking end this. All right. Bye, everybody. I'm George. I'm Melissa. See you next time. Bye-bye.